The wisdom of Solomon tells us, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a downcast spirit dries up the bones. Traditionally, after the season of Lent, the season has been a solemn time, and preachers through history have started their Easter sermons with a joke. Uh, and as my good friend Joshua Long has said, this has been the lentiest Lent I have ever lented. So I think a cheerful heart is a good thing, and we should have an opportunity to maybe laugh. And my guess is that if I share these jokes with you, uh, it'll be a little bit like uh, Jimmy Fallon doing them at home, and uh, the humor won't really cut it as well as it does in a live situation. But I'll do my best. Uh, you know, we've been dealing with cabin fever during this time of stay at home and shelter in place, and I know that some people are really struggling with it, but I've kind of chuckled at some of people's responses to it. Uh, one man reported, night one of no sports. My wife and I just had an hour-long conversation. She's really nice. Apparently, she works in the medical field. <laughs> it's no surprise. Another man asked a good question. Why aren't all the shelves bare at the liquor stores? You all know you're going to be quarantined with your spouse and your kids, right? Another person made the comment, our cleaning lady just called and told us she'll be working from home. She said she'll walk through the instructions with us so we can do it. Another person made the comment, when the quarantine started, it was the day dogs have been waiting for their whole lives. Human beings would stay at home 24 hours, seven days a week, and they can't leave the house. Dogs are jubilant. Cats, on the other hand, are contemplating suicide. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm back in high school. Gas prices are low, and I'm grounded. Our friend uh, commented, I saw my neighbor Tammy out earlier this morning scraping my child is a terrific student bumper sticker off the back of her minivan. Apparently the first week of homeschooling didn't go so well. After a couple of weeks of stay at home, I'm convinced that the 19 of COVID-19 stands for how many pounds I will gain during this quarantine period. And finally, one friend said, I went to the grocery store this week. I understood that we were supposed to wear a mask and gloves, but they lied. Everybody else had clothes on. So those are my jokes to start Easter Sunday. Uh, we've been looking through the gospel accounts in the last few months and highlighting the stories of Peter in a sermon series that we've called Through the Eyes of Peter. And so we've been looking at different gospel accounts. Uh, we focused on different gospels, um, but we've looked at Peter and uh, stories that focused particularly on Peter. I love Peter. He's a great reference for us because he's so earthy. He's so down to earth. He's, he's a bit impetuous and he's perfectly imperfect. 
like me, <laughs> like you probably, like many of us. And looking back over the time leading up to Resurrection Sunday, Peter had just been with the other disciples at the Last Supper. He'd leaned over to ask who would betray Jesus at that Last Supper. Peter had sworn loyalty to Jesus at that time. If all others run away, I will never depart from you, he said. But Jesus warned Peter that he would deny him three times. But Peter said, no, Jesus, I will never deny you. In fact, I will die before I deny you. And after the supper, Peter was the one that took one of the swords with him. He was ready to fight. He was one of the inner three that with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane went to pray. And according to John, when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, Peter was the one that struck the servant of the high priest and cut his ear off. Peter was ready to fight, but Jesus stopped him. Jesus willingly allowed himself to be arrested. That took Peter by surprise. He didn't know what was going on. And so Peter followed at a distance as Jesus was taken to trial. And as he stood at a distance, he was questioned, aren't you one of them? Aren't you a follower of Jesus? But Peter denied being a follower of Jesus. He even cursed and took an oath. And after the third denial, the telltale rooster crow was heard. And Peter looked and saw Jesus looking at him. And scripture tells us that Peter went out and wept bitterly. And so for the days between the crucifixion and the resurrection, Peter must have been going through a host of emotions. Sadness at the loss of his good friend. Sorrow. Anger at what had happened. Despair at the loss. What would he do now? But also, he must have been going through a sense of guilt. Because even though he had taken a stand and said, I will never betray you, Lord. I will never abandon you. I will never leave you. He, in fact, did. He hadn't even lasted one night. So we come to this story, the first day of the week. I'm reading from John chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. Hear the word of God. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. 
Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their home. The beginning of the story of the resurrection is an interesting one. We come in and we say, he's risen, he's risen indeed. We're excited, we're thrilled at the start of Resurrection Sunday. But on that first Resurrection Sunday, emotions were mixed. There was confusion, according to other Gospels. There was disbelief. There was amazement. There was even fear, according to the Gospel of Mark. The women left the tomb, terrified. It wasn't until evening that Jesus came to the disciples. And at verse 19 it says this, When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, They are retained. Jesus shows himself to the disciples, alive, risen. And twice he says to them, peace be with you. The beginning of the day was filled with feelings of confusion and disbelief, amazement and fear. But by nightfall, Jesus comes with peace. Now this year I've been thinking differently because I've been focusing on Peter and through his eyes and we've been following Peter and I see the crucifixion and the resurrection in a new way. He must have been going through mixed emotions. On the one hand he was excited to imagine, to think that Jesus was alive. On the other hand, he might have felt a twinge of guilt and a twinge of fear. For all of his bravado, Peter had, in fact, denied Jesus Christ. He had fled. He had abandoned him. Now, if Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, Peter's betrayal would have been buried with the body of Jesus. No one would have ever known. Jesus' resurrection exposed Peter's betrayal. It got me thinking about the whole idea of the crucifixion and the resurrection. Our sins are buried with Jesus. 
That's the purpose of the crucifixion. Jesus took our sins upon himself. This was his atoning sacrifice. He took our sins upon himself and suffered the consequences of those sins. Pain and loss and ultimately separation from God. That's why he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our sins are forgiven through the sacrificial act of Jesus Christ dying on the cross. He set us free. He redeemed us. Jesus was crucified to release us from the bondage of sin. But Jesus didn't only die to save us from our sins, but to save us for something new, a new life in him. When we are baptized with Jesus Christ, we have a sense of being crucified with him. Our sins are removed from us, but we are also raised to new life. We are raised and we put on the cloak of Jesus Christ. We are new people. This Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. I know some of us like to call it Easter, but that name comes from a pagan goddess. It's better for us as Christians to call this Sunday Resurrection Sunday because that is what it is. We celebrate Jesus' crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. In the crucifixion, we put to death our sinful nature. But in the resurrection, we put on the new life of Jesus. I had a great conversation with a young man uh, a few weeks ago. And he said he had a problem with religion. He said, religion always focuses on what happens after we die. He said his problem was, what does it have to do with us while we're alive? You know, if that's the only message that religion has, what happens to us after we die, then I have to agree with him. Our faith should not just be about where we end up for eternity. Our faith should be about what happens to us here and now. In fact, one of our favorite verses is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. I love that verse because it says we shall have eternal life. It is a present tense verb. It's not that eternal life happens when we die and suddenly we're taken to heaven to spend eternity with God. Yes, that's true, but it says shall have eternal life. Eternal life begins today when we receive Jesus Christ. We put to death our old selves in the crucifixion and we rise with Jesus in the resurrection to become new people. We are Jesus' resurrection people. I love that it's present tense. Our call is to life. In fact, Jesus said abundant life. In Jesus Christ, we are not only saved from sin, but we are saved to carry on. 
the work of Jesus Christ, to seek and to save the lost, to share God's love with our neighbors, to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives, sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed. Sisters and brothers, the resurrection is not the end of the story. It's just the beginning. And you and I have a role to play in this story. Let us embrace our role as God's resurrection people, not only for the future, but here and now. We have a unique opportunity in this day. People are asking questions about God. People are starting to ask deep questions. Let us take this opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection as we share the love of God with them. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we are so grateful to you for what you have done. We recognize that you left heaven to live on this earth and to carry the good news, to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to the people. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you willingly went to the cross to die for us, to take our sins upon yourself so that we might be made whole. And Lord Jesus, we ask that you would infill us with your spirit as you did with the disciples 2,000 years ago. You breathed on them. You said, experience and accept the spirit of God. And then you said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Lord Jesus, we hear that call. We recognize that we were not only saved to avoid eternal damnation, but we were saved to do something. You have sent us. You are sending us. May we hear that call. Maybe we, may we be worthy of that call. And may we go in your name to proclaim your gospel to those around us. Lord Jesus, give us the strength and courage to do that. And we embrace the Holy Spirit as we do. We pray these things in your name. Amen.